Anthology presents Professor Challenger at the Edge of Eternity by Robert Thomas and Darren Freebury-Jones based on characters created by Arthur Conan Doyle. Part 5. All at Sea. Gosh, what a week. You'll remember that after Professor Challenger and I, on the trail of the Children of Eternity, escaped from the temples of Angkor Wat and endured a harrowing journey through the jungle. Our adventure was made worse by a budget airline journey with a limited in-flight entertainment list and no meal included, and ultimately resulted in my accidentally revealing our destination to the villainous Theodore Harrison and causing a car chase along the docks of Bombay. Our boat was leaving, and we were going to miss it. Don't be so sure, Peregrine. Hold tight. We mounted a ramp, and suddenly we were airborne. Rushing towards the SS Venture. Then, at the very last moment, taking me in one hand and the tickets in the other, Challenger launched himself out of the vehicle and we landed heavily on the deck, the car disappearing into the watery grave. We lay on the deck for a few moments in stunned silence. Then, finally, Challenger pulled himself to his feet and stepped over to the railings, looking back at twinkling lights of Bombay as they disappeared into the misty night. We should be safe now. There's no way that Harrison will be able to catch us. The next steamer for Peru isn't for another week, and we've managed to retrieve the sun disk. Well, thank goodness for that. The steamer never appeared. And as the Bay of Bengal gave way to the Indian Ocean, which in turn gave way to the South Pacific Ocean, my heart began to lift with a great, unquenchable hope. Ah. Departing Sydney after a short sabbatical, where Challenger had spent a few days kangaroo hunting but had been unable to capture his prize, it finally dawned on me that we had escaped our pursuers, and ahead of us lay Peru, where the sun disk would open the gates of knowledge that held the answers to all of our questions. What was the edge of eternity? And more importantly, where was it? Nothing could stand in our way now. I dressed for dinner at the captain's table a couple of nights later, looking at the indigo sky of the endless Pacific as I did my bow tie, and felt assured. Challenger, sullen again, had retreated into himself and his books, and decided he would rather decipher the sun disk than take his place as an honoured guest. We are nearly halfway across the Pacific now, so I would like to raise a toast to our glorious ship and the glorious treasure that we carry in the hold. Cheers. Captain Murdoch, I hope you'll forgive my impertinence, but I wonder if I may ask what treasures you're referring to in the hold. Not impertinent at all, Mr. Peregrine. Why, as well as this ship transporting tons of high explosive to Peru, the hold of this ship contains boxes upon boxes of old pirate treasure, unearthed by a prevalent archaeologist. The treasure is the lost gold of the Mary Deer, a ship that at the start of the last century was commandeered by William Thompson. A fascinating story, for Thompson was hired to transport the treasure of Lima to Mexico, but Unable to resist the temptation of the gold in his hold, he and his crew turned pirate 
cut the throats of the guards and priests protecting the treasure, and made for freedom. They, of course, were unable to escape. So, what happened to the treasures, Capitan? How did it come to be in the hold of this ship? A good question, Mr. Chikomaru. The story goes that Thompson and his men buried their treasure in Costa Rica before their capture. But as it transpires, it was not true. Instead, they scuttled the treasure off the coast of Mexico, and having managed to escape from his captors after his arrest, Thompson retrieved the treasure made for Australia. This archaeologist managed to recover the treasure map that Thompson left behind, and as he insisted that these treasures belonged in a museum, they are now being shipped back to Peru. Fascinating! How much would this treasure be worth now, do you think? Why, it would be priceless, of course. It is a good thing that there are no pirates in these waters, eh, Capitan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, indeed, Mr. Chico Malo. Dinner over, I wandered out onto the deck for an evening cigar. The moon dipped low in the sky. For a moment, I thought I saw a small boat slicing through the waves towards us. Then all at once, it was gone. I shrugged it away, believing myself to be overly suspicious. All this talk of pirates had made me paranoid. We were in the middle of nowhere, and completely safe. I was caught off guard as pirates suddenly stormed the ship. The crew were no match for them, particularly as the pirates had a man on the inside. Hola, amigos! Nobody move! It was Rodrigo Chicomelo, my dinner companion. My name is Capitan Rodrigo Chicomelo. I do not intend to kill any of you unless you get in my way. I am here for the treasures of Lima, and also any valuables that you have. If you cooperate with me and my men, then you will not be harmed. Chicomelo, you bastard! I have now proven to you that I am serious. Please, hand over your valuables. Get your hands away from my valuables. Ah, Professor Challenger. We meet again. Rodrigo Chico Malo. Under what slimy rock did you crawl out of? You two know each other. I'd wondered if you had seen me aboard, uh, but you did obviously not see past my gun in disguise. And what was this disguise? Do you remember a rather corpulent tourist wearing an ill-fitting patterned shirt who was wearing socks with their sandals? They were carrying a large leather suitcase and sweating profusely. You were the man? No. I was the suitcase. <laughs> Case closed. You always were a master of disguise, Rodrigo. Indeed, it has been too long, Challenger. So, what have you been up to? Since I left you for dead on the steps of the palace of Moctezuma II? Yeah, since the end of our struggle for the gold of Cortez. Not a great deal, Rodrigo. You'll be pleased to know that I got the girl that day as well. You always were a ladies' man, Challenger. Even if you look like a gorilla in a suit. What do you want, Rodrigo? I am here for the treasures of Lima. But I can't help but wonder, if you are here, Challenger, what other treasures do you bring? Oh, uh, nothing. J just taking a cruise. Then what is that in your pocket? Is it a treasure, or are you just pleased to see me? I am just very, very 
very pleased to see you. This conversation is getting a bit stiff. You lie! Hand it over or I will kill everyone on the ship. Then kill everyone. What? This was madness. In a bid to restore sanity, I felt it was time for me to step forward. Now look here, Challenger, that's quite enough. Hand over the sun disk to Mr. Chocomelan and we'll be on our way. We don't need it after all. You utter... Duppington, Peregrine. The sun disk? Why, Professor Challenger, are you seeking the edge of eternity? I am. Then you are more of a fool than I thought. Capitan, the treasure is loaded on the ship. Then it is time for us to go. Challenger, hand over the sun disk. I couldn't believe what happened next. Pretending to reach into his pocket and hand over the sun disc, Challenger withdrew a pistol and fired off a single shot into a pile of treasure that the pirates were loading onto their boat. Fortunately for us, but unfortunately for the illiterate pirate crew, among the boxes marked expensive were boxes marked explosive, and as the bullet impacted with the TNT, a fireball rocketed skywards, ripping Rodrigo's boat apart and tearing a hole in the side of the SS Venture. With a terrible shudder, the Venture began to sink. Over, Challenger! One day the treasures of Cortez will be mine! What are we going to do now? You've blown up the ship and we're in the middle of the ocean. I didn't have a choice. Of course you did. You could have just given him the sun disc. Then all this would have been for nothing. At this rate, that's probably the case. We're going to die in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. No, we won't. I'm sure we'll be absolutely fine. Things have been contriving so far to keep us alive. And so I'm certain that something will come up. We reached the back of the boat where Challenger, who had clearly expected something like this to happen, had prepared a life raft. You see? Get in! I feel like you expected something like this to happen. I had to allow Rodrigo his vanity to keep him talking. His disguises have always been rubbish, and I spotted him the moment he boarded in Sydney, despite being preoccupied in my search for a kangaroo. Now, get in! I shan't. You shall! Oh! Challenger cut the line and we dropped, splashing down in the briny water. The flames around the SS Venture grew ever greater, and as Challenger took up the oars, I watched as the ship, the crew, my fellow passengers, and the lost treasure of Lima were lost forever beneath the waves. That seemed a bit extreme for Challenger. What can I say, Peregrine? I really don't like Rodrigo Chico Malo. That was made abundantly clear, yes. You'd met him before. It is a long story. I'm sure that we have time. I was correct. We did have time. And time enough after that. By the end of the third day of the two of us listing aimlessly across the silent Pacific Ocean, our supplies of water running short and the growling hunger in our bellies echoed across the barren, watery landscape, it felt as though even Challenger had realised his folly by blowing up the ship in the middle of the sea. Challenger, we're going to die, aren't we? It seems quite possible, Peregrine. Three days, four hours, 24 minutes, 34 seconds, 35 seconds, and we've not seen any hope of land or life. This is how it ends, isn't it? Probably, Peregrine. Tell me, Challenger, if we were to get out of this alive, what would you do after we found the Edge of Eternity? I think... I think I would take a long holiday, endorse it, somewhere nice and green, 
and quiet. That does sound lovely. I've never been to Dorset. Neither have I. Perhaps we could go together. That seems quite impossible, Peregrine. For my only companion would be my newly purchased kangaroo. Did the kangaroo not perish on the boat? Thanks for reminding me. I see. Well, never mind. Are you married, Challenger? Yes. What is the name oh, of... Oh, for the... God's sake, Peregrine. This conversation is dull, dull, dull. Don't let me die of boredom. We passed the next six hours or so in silence. Too weak to move, let alone row our damned dinghy in any direction. Instead, we drifted beneath the blazing sun, sweating and wasting away, our cracked lips whispering for water. Birds dance before our eyes. Birds. Birds! Challenger! Challenger, look! A seagull! It has probably come out here to die. Lovely image, but it's probably come out from that island in the distance. Ahead of us, looming up from beneath the waves, was a fertile volcanic island, green and lush and inviting. I took up an oar. Come on, Challenger, let's get going. We rowed with all the strength we had left. Mercifully, we were soon beached on the island and leapt from the boat in joy. The island was covered with a thick jungle. We cut our way into the thicket and set out in search of water. A fresh water stream lay ahead of us and we drank deeply from the cool, delicious brook. The trees bore us coconuts and cutting them open with Challenger's machete we tore into the sweet flesh, filling our ravaged bellies and nearly making ourselves sick. Refreshed and somewhat rested, our minds finally turned to how we would now escape the island. We will need to gather as many supplies as possible. Fresh water, food, shelter, everything we can manage. We must sail east. I recall a map of the world that a graduate of mine once gifted me, before I set out for the South American plateau where we found the dinosaurs, and this is one of many islands, stepping stones to civilization. If we can make it to another island, we can keep journeying until we reach Peru and safety. Resolved, we headed back to our boat. This seems like something of a long shot, Challenger. Why not remain here in safety? There is something about this island that I don't like, Peregrine. As if we are constantly being watched. Don't be a fool, Challenger. This island is deserted. Where is our boat? We left it here, didn't we? Did you forget to anchor it? You saw me anchor it, Challenger. Perhaps it's another beach uh, further along the island. This is definitely it. I have a bad feeling about this. It would appear, Peregrine, that we were being watched after all. The tribesmen surrounded us, and I could tell at once that they were planning to eat us, but they kept licking their lips and pointing to their necklaces made of bones. We tried to bargain with them, but we were escorted back to their village, where we were tied up and locked away in the darkness of one of their huts. This day is not going well. And it hasn't helped that you've been talking to yourself throughout proceedings. You heard that. I've heard all your purple prose and exposition, Peregrine. Right. Do you think the tribesmen intend to eat us? Unfortunately, my dear fellow, I know that they intend to eat us. 
How? I saw them bringing out a big pot as we arrived in the village. Perhaps they're preparing a delicious stew. I would imagine that we would be the main ingredients of Englishman stew. And let's be honest, who could resist a slice of my meaty buttocks? You, on the other hand, will probably serve for a toothpick. Perhaps they're using the pot to cook a lot of vegetables. You are being painfully optimistic. We were tied to spits above the blazing fires. This made me feel two emotions. One of them smugness, for Challenger had been incorrect and the pot was indeed for preparation and cooking of vegetables. And one of panic, for I had not intended to end my days as the evening meal for members of a lost cannibalistic tribe forgotten by civilization. Any bright ideas, Challenger? Yes. They may want to use some seasoning. Wonderful. The skin beneath my clothes was starting to turn red, raw, and pink, and smoke began to rise on my undershirt. My attire, fashioned on Savile Row, threatened to catch at any moment, and then it would only be a matter of time before agonizing death roasted alive in my own dinner suit. Where did they go? I don't know. But while they're busy, I'm going to try and untie myself. Good. Do it quickly. We need to get out of here before my clothes go up in smoke. Your clothes won't be the only thing going up in smoke if you keep distracting me. Now let me get on with it, or I'll leave you here. I'm almost out. Who is that? Did you hear gunshots? Whoever it is, they've taken care of the tribesmen. So that can only be good news for us. It wasn't. Well, well, well. Challenger and Peregrine. What a sticky situation. Forget your damned situation, Harrison. Get us out of here. Well, now, now, Challenger. Are you going to help me or not? Yes, yes, I will. I'll help you. Just get me free. It's bloody hot. Our unlikely heroes had arrived. Theodore Harrison and the evil Jenny Caliber. The henchman untied us and helped us down. Who are you working for, Theo? What do you want with the Edge of Eternity? Don't you want to know how I found you? No. I have asked a number of questions already, and I want some answers. Very well. Miss Caliber and I are employed by a man with a very specific interest in the Edge of Eternity. A man you will meet in due course, I have no doubt at all. Who is he? calls himself the Curator. Rather a strange choice of name, but needs must, I suppose. And what do you want with the Edge of Eternity? Great riches, Challenger. Great wealth. Don't you want to be a wealthy man? No, I do. Think about it, George. Think about everything you could buy. Think about everything you could do. I'm thinking about it. Well, that all sounds very nice, but isn't really for me. What sounds very nice? Tell me. A shame, Challenger. You and I could really have been something special. Now, Professor, where is the Temple of the Sun God? The receptacle for this sun disk? I will tell you on our way. And why not tell me now? If I tell you now, you have no reason to keep Peregrine and I alive. You will take us with you to Peru, and I will tell you where we go from there. An acceptable agreement. Come, we must get to Peru at once. The Edge of Eternity is waiting. 
And we mustn't leave it a moment longer. Professor Challenger at the Edge of Eternity starred Robert Durbin as Philip Peregrine, Darren Freebury Jones as Professor Challenger, James Lawrence as Theodore Harrison, Evelyn Campbell as Jenny Caliber, Robert England as Rodrigo Chico Marlowe, and Alid Bidder as Captain Murdoch. You've been listening to an anthology production written and directed by Robert Thomas and Darren Freebury Jones. <laughs>